Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Hey, everyone, it's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I, we get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. Hey, it's going to be your church and your turn up. So listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. We're going to cause trouble. Scott Farrell is calling the shots from the sideline. We're going to make fun of people. We're going to hurt people's feelings. It's Farrell on the bench. I believe in whipped cream with everything. It's Pharrell on the bench in the biggest way possible. Hanging out a bad seat, a broken date, a bad apple with a bad attitude. Hanging around a bunch of bad attitudes, bad taste, bad lie, bad dude, bad breath, bad attitude, bad vibes. We are live in the Pharrell Palace right across the river and through the woods from where Granny was afraid of the hurricane today when she was trying to bust off a couple of five-foot graphics and drinking whiskey the whole time she was doing it in New York City. The Big Apple. Ooh. People dress in plastic bags, they're ready to traffic, some kind of fashion, shake it up, should do better. All my friends that come around, flats and flats and party up, rats on the west side, bed bugs uptown, what a mess, this town's tattered, my brains have splattered all over Manhattan, should do be shake it Ooh. Hey, what's gigging? It's Pharrell. So, we all know the deal, right? Today, uh, Isaias, uh, the hurricane, uh, swept up the East Coast, devastation, all kinds of chaos, flooding. Tornadoes, trees down, power out to millions, and um, just another disastrous uh, add-on to the 2020 devastation with the uh, COVID going on, and now uh, hurricanes every other week. It's the worst year on record in the history of the world. But either way, uh, you know, obviously. Uh, we didn't do live uh, coast to coast, but we are live tonight on the bench uh, because of power outages and all of that nonsense. Everybody had uh, a lot of drama going on. And uh, here I am. No problem. So uh, I got a lot to talk about tonight, including uh, I literally watched basically every single game today. So I'm going to be able to react to all of those. Uh, the NHL games. I've been on fire NBA. I'm watching Rockets Blazers right now, the last game of the night, and all the baseball. We'll go through all of it tonight on the bench. Hey, everyone. It's Michelle Williams, and I love being able to share my story with you on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, where my guests and I get real as we share the ups and downs of our mental health journeys, and I'd love for you to join me. I'm still on my own journey, but I want to be transparent with you. Because as I was posting all the highlights of my life on social media, I was breaking down. And too many people fall victim to the picture-perfect image of the high life. So I created a space to discuss the good and the bad. We can laugh, man. We, we gonna learn. And most of all, 
I hope to inspire you to go on this journey with me to better mental health. This is going to be your church, your turn up and everything in between. So join me on my podcast, Checking In with Michelle Williams, a safe space for every kind of person. Listen to Checking In with Michelle Williams every Tuesday, a part of the Black Effect on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so uh, Pharrell on the bench. Anyway, we're dealing with some uh, issues right now, so I guess uh, I'll just do the show as is and and not worry about it. I, I can't control all the disasters that are going on today with the weather and technology and hurricanes and, I mean, Internet and just Wi-Fi and just, I mean, computers and people and... I mean, it's just unbelievable. I, I've actually, you know, it really is unbelievable. Mafia, have you ever seen anything like this year? Like 2020, have you ever seen anything? Like, like there's no way you can compare this year to any year ever in your entire 35 years on this earth. No, this year has been absolute hell compared to every other year I've ever gone through. This is worse than 9-11 year. It really is. It's way worse. It's way worse. There's already been, what, 160, 175,000 people dead in this country from COVID. And then uh, now we have a hurricane every other week. <laughs> it's like every every week we have one. <laughs> it's like, I've never seen anything like it. Like, there's absolutely, and, and, and all the people out there that are positive and wonderful and happy, <laughs> just that are just loving life and just there's nothing that can make you uh upset about life at all just go to bed because this is not the show for you i am not interested in your positivity because this has been the worst year ever in the history of of the world forever there'll never be a year how could it be worse than this what is next mafia are we gonna have um i mean it's already the apocalypse right and then what? Are we actually going to have? I mean, we're on the verge of Walking Dead, right? Are we going to start eating each other? <laughs> I mean, it's like zombie. Is it? Uh, is it happening? Are we going to have like we're going to walk around with a sawed-off shotgun, you and I, and like a backpack and one bottle of water and a twelve gauge and, and a bunch of shells, and that's what we're going to do. We're going to live in the back of a. a a broken down bus and anyone that comes near us, we're just going to shoot them and eat them. That might be the case, Scott, which if that is what's coming next, you are in desperate trouble because uh, you, you do not have the survival, like manly kill people with your knife and uh, you know, just do whatever you need to survive skills. I don't think. Is that right? Well, well, I guess we'll see because it's right around the corner doing push-ups. So I guess we have no hope left in the world. You know, uh, what they say, I, I told you like last night, didn't I, that the governor here, you live in Jersey. Have you heard these rumors that they're going to sh- shut it down again, like phase one and no school? No, uh, they're going to shut down all these stores again and they're going to shut everything down again to ground zero, like from the beginning when it started. Did you hear that, that that's about to happen? Yeah, I did hear that, Scott. I mean, it's crazy how, I mean, like you said, the world's just falling apart. Anything that can go wrong 
is going wrong. It's Murphy's Law in full effect 2020. That should just be the that should be the name. It shouldn't even be 2020. It should be the Murphy's Law year because everything's going wrong. I mean, it is unbelievable. Uh, anyway, uh, so uh, I got I, I watched a lot of games today. I don't I don't want to talk about misery anymore. Although I will uh, discuss uh, the hurricane briefly. Uh, I just wanted to say that they called me today at at some point, and I I think told me that we weren't going to do the show, and uh, I was like, at that point, I had power. At that point, I was ready to go, like no problem. I'll do the show, and uh, I guess everybody else had problems, right? But you never really had any major uh, problems, did you? Did you? Do you just have what like debris and and trees down and? Uh, you know, traffic lights and everyone's all, you know, because where I live, everything is out. Everything is out. Everyone is out of power. There's no, no stores open. There's no uh, street lights. Trees are down everywhere. Chaos, branches, people's fences blown over, cars crushed, the whole deal. But I swear to God, my street, I have power. Can you even believe that? Because you know, I have the worst street ever for power. I have the where I live in the woods. I live in the woods and I don't have uh, power all the time. Like it, it happens all the time out here. Most of these rich people get generators, right? These uh, gen racks and their their houses stay lit up no matter what. They're in there doing blow and, and uh, drinking wine and uh, cheating on their uh, husbands. These women and the men are just as bad. Uh, but here's the deal. Like I have power. So I did, I have a generator too, but I don't have one of those gen racks. I have a, I have a gen rack gas run that hooks into a converter box and lights up everything uh, for the most part in the house. As long as I don't abuse it, like, you know, turn on every light and have everything rocking five TVs rocking and, you know, people making drinks, <laughs> margaritas in the kitchen. You can't have it. But as long as it, everybody's mellow, I can keep the house going. Right. But I didn't have to go to that length. I didn't have to go to that resort because uh, all I know is, and I'm just going to be honest, you know, here's the deal. I get up really early in the morning. I get up at, at you know, quarter to six and something like that. At, at the latest, I'll get up at like 6.15, 6.30 ever. And, uh, and it's crazy. I go to bed at one. I get up at six. I've been doing overnights for 35 years. So yeah. my body's whacked. And I don't sleep any more than five hours is like five hours to me is like a vacation. That's like sleeping in because I'm used to sleeping three hours, right? Yeah. Four hours tops. You know, that's true, oh, Mafia. So I get up really early. So I get a lot done between 630 and like noon, 1130, let's okay. say at around 1130. I'll generally lay down for an hour or two and I'll try to take a nap. And then I get up at like uh, 230. Nothing showing up. 245 at the latest. And then I start getting the show, uh, the the cameras, the lighting, the, the everything, everything going to do the TV show. Right. But I've already prepped the show all day between 7 a.m. and and 11. I get it done right with you guys. So uh, I, I laid down today and I could hear this storm. I could hear it in my head sleeping because I was sleeping, but I could hear just absolute hellfire, trees blowing, snapping branches. I could hear rain, just gushing rain. And I just didn't give a rat's ass. <laughs> I never once got up to see if everyone was safe. I told 34C, I said, wake me up if the power goes out and I'll, I'll turn the generator on. Just wake me up if it goes out. It never went out. It flickered like five times. The cable went out. Cable went back on, went out, came back on. But when I got up at two, 
Uh, everything was going. Uh, and then I got this phone call that we weren't going to do the show. Are. Did you have problems like that? Because I never had any real issues. And my entire town, everyone I know, there isn't one person I know that has power except me. Yeah, I, I was power. amazed. So I actually called your wife when you were sleeping because I knew that Carver's was out and mine flickered. But, it, you know, I had the wind, but not like some branches down, nothing too terrible around me. But I know how bad it is up by you, especially your house. You always get knocked off, even if it's not that bad a storm. So right. I called your wife and I was on the phone with her and like, 10 minutes into me talking to her, all of a sudden she's like, oh no, the cable just went out. Oh, my power's flickering. I think I, everything's going out. I got to go. So I assumed you lost power or at least lost the internet. But then, you know, you reached out to me about half an hour later and said, no, everything's fine here. Yeah, I'm good. Although, uh, you know, most of the women that uh, they, all their stuff was melting in their fridges. So they brought all their stuff to my house because my wife has all these friends that are like, you don't mind if I bring all my frozen uh, goods over to your house, do you? And I was like, but what they really want is to sleep with me. Most of these chicks are just playing like they want to bring over frozen goods. But what they really want is to get a good look at Pharrell. That's the deal. And uh, I just, you know, I'm constantly walking around in the yard, watering the yard with no clothes on. I'm always out just completely rocking it. Just body, body by Jake. I got the whole thing going because I, I go out and I spray the yard mafia with the, the with the um, I got the water system, you know, whatever you call it, the sprinkler. I got this hardcore 100 mile an hour sprinkler that goes like 50 yards and I go around spraying it. And then it's like a scene from a movie. The. Half of it sprays all over me. So I'm soaking wet when I do it because I don't care because I'll go work out, ride the bike five, 10 miles, come back. I'm soaking wet, sweating. So I'm standing in there, water in the yard, and I got water going all over me, mist. And I feel fantastic. And then chicks drive by and honk at me and flash me. And then they wink at me. They raise up beers to me, joints, the whole deal. They want to have they want to have relations with me. Because I'm out in the yard always just rocking the body, soaking wet. I just look like I'm a lover, like Burt Reynolds when he was 20. So I get a lot of that. Now that we've established that most, like 95% of the women want to sleep with me in my town, um, I'm going to come back and talk about all the gambling and uh, NBA games. Have you written a book and need some insight into what comes next? Or are you passionate about cooking and want to know how to make it your career? Or maybe you just want to hear insider stories about the entertainment industry. Either way, we've got you covered with the Two Guys from Hollywood podcast. I'm Alan Nevins, a literary agent and talent manager. And I'm Joey Santos, a columnist and celebrity chef. And on our podcast, Two Guys from Hollywood, we bring our expertise to the table with, of course, delicious cocktails and all kinds of recipes for you to try at home. So grab a drink and join us. We've got a wide range of celebrity guests and Hollywood insiders to discuss pop culture, publishing, and entertainment. And we'll provide you with an unfiltered and sometimes brutally honest show about Hollywood. As we like to say, we don't dish, we serve. Listen and follow Two Guys from Hollywood on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll talk at you soon. So my boss just told me that his 88-year-old mother is drinking literally scotch, three fingers of scotch, one at like after the next, just one after the next, because they have no power. It's 100 in the house. She's blaming him for the weather. 
She's blaming my boss for the weather. So he got her drunk on Maker's Mark. She's drinking three fingers one at a time. I mean, she's drinking four an hour. And she's going to spend, like, I'm guessing from midnight to four hurling in the, in the header. But I always like that chick. She likes the show. She's a fan. Uh, Cardano's mom loves the show. She just, when things don't go well and then she blames him for stuff, then he resorts to the Maker's Mark trick. And she's like my mother-in-law who drinks and, I mean, wine and whiskey and smokes fatties. So these women, when they get up in their high 80s, they party like they're 28 again. It's crazy. They're like, I mean, they're sexy, too. I mean, these women, they're the ones that, and they have the most fun, too. And let me tell you something else. They make a mean beef stew, like a like a stroganoff stew. Like, she came over the other day and dropped, a, like, a stew on me, like some kind of a meat. Uh, it was like a... It was like some kind of beef stroking off thing with noodles and carrots. What do they call that mafia? Like a stew? Uh, and I mean to tell you, I ate it for three days. I ate it for the, the first night. It was fresh. I ate it. I ate it two days after that, too. I, I ate the whole thing. There was a pot. It was a pot roast. I'm sorry. That's what it was. It was a giant pot roast. I ate the whole pot roast. So like I said, is there any left? And she said, yeah, there's some in there. And I go, well, is anyone having any? And she said, no. I said, I, I ate the whole thing. And she's like, don't worry. I smoked all your dope. I'm just kidding. I don't smoke dope. <laughs> anyway, uh, can I talk about the NBA now, Mafia? It's unbelievable. Uh, so I'm watching the uh, Blazers right now. I think it's uh, at the half, 61-56, they lead the Rockets. I haven't been deep on this game because I started doing the show. So I, I have it on, but I'm not deep on it. Uh, so I'm not going to sit here and act like I've uh, seen anything. I'm going to get into the second half with you. Here's what I know from that game. Uh, they lead by five, and the deal is they got four in double figures. Uh, the Rockets, Green has 10, Harden has 11, Westbrook has 10, and House has 11. And on the other side, Nurkic has 10, McCollum 13, Gary Trent 13. And so, uh, and Melo has nine and eight rebounds. How about eight rebounds? Nurkic has 10 and nine. If you listen to me on this show, if we're all on a bench, and if you watch Coast to Coast, you'll hear me often, and Mafia will back me up on this, talking about this guy, Trent. I, I think he's a huge piece for them. I really do. I think Portland, you know, everyone talks about Nurkic being the difference that they got Nurkic and Collins back. and um. I won't argue with that. I like uh, Collins. He's got four and six boards in this game and a dime. I like all of them, but I really like uh, Trent. Three of five from downtown, 13 points. He's been dropping 20-point games left and right in the bubble. I mean, he really has. Gary Trent Jr. has started to go off for this Blazer team. And you know what the funny thing is, Mafia? He's like that guy on the team that no one guards because they got to worry about all the stars. They got to worry about everyone is a shooter. Harden, uh, you know, or, or excuse me, um, uh, Dame, McCollum uh, are the, you know, pure scorers. Mello, pure scorer. Nurkic is a beast. Collins is, is another, uh, you know, lengthy, long-armed, big, skinny, but big, long, can, can be very effective, blocking shots, rebounding, finishing, lobbing, dunking. They all have to worry about those guys, right? Every team they play has to worry about those guys. When Nurkic and Collins were out, 
the Blazers were Pancake City. They were getting they were getting flipped by everybody, right? But when they got him back, what happened was they got better instantly. They became the Western Conference final team that they're playing like every night now in the bubble. They're, they are a problem for everyone. First of all, in my opinion, without a doubt, I haven't even looked at the standings, but they're going to make the playoffs and they're going to be a problem for everyone. And you know why? Because no one guards <laughs> Gary Trent Jr. And the guy's just pouring in 15, 20 a game and he's doing everything and no one guards him. It's like he's shooting free throws. If you notice this mafia, this guy, he's the guy on the team that no one guards because they can't afford to because they got to worry about Damon McCollum. And then now they got to worry about Nurkic. And then if they don't worry about Nurkic, then it's Collins. It's always something. And if you don't guard Mello, he'll pop on that baseline and in the elbow all day. He could. I, I think Mello could hit those shots completely wasted on a bottle of tequila. That's how good he can shoot a 15-footer from the elbow or from the baseline. I, I shoot the baseline shot. It's my favorite shot, right? You know, I step back uh, shot on the baseline like nobody's business. And that's what he's got. He's got that turnaround popper on the baseline. He never misses. Like, it, the guy will hit 9 of 10 from, from the baseline. If you don't guard him, he'll eat you alive. So you can't – who has time to guard Gary Trent? You know what I mean? Like, this guy is no joke. Trust me when I tell you. Yeah, he's definitely taking the most of his opportunity in this bubble for sure. Like you said, everyone's so focused on everyone else that this guy's just there. And, okay, if you can give me that shot, I'm going to take it. And, you know, there's plenty of guys that obviously in the NBA people do that with and do nothing for their team. But this guy's making the most of it so far. All right, so um, just so you know, uh, I, you know, all the other games that went on, I, I watched the Heat game. I was kind of blown away by the heat game, to be honest with you, because I, you know, I got it wrong, but, uh, I hit a lot of bets today. I mean, I hit a lot of bets. In fact, uh, you don't want to know what I did, uh, in the NHL. I hit the Islanders, Predators, Leafs, Flames. Um, and then Mafia, what is this? Let me just check the score of that. Oh, the Canes. I have the Canes as well. And they're up three, one, the Rangers will be eliminated tonight. And then I took the Canucks and they're, they're going to play. Uh, coming up here in about 15 minutes. Here's the deal. That's called Perfect Night in the NHL. Pharrellonabench.com. All I do is make people money. Hide the money from your wife. Okay? And then in the NBA, um, you know, Mavs to win. How about Suns covering? Pacers to win and laying? Uh, you know, here's the deal. I got burned on the Heat game for sure. No doubt. Um, I didn't think without, uh, I, and it wasn't the only reason. Even with Jimmy Butler out of the lineup, I still like the Celtics. I think the Celtics have been playing uh, very tough basketball. I like uh, Tice. I like Canner. I like their physicality. I like Smart, their roughness. They're very rough. They're rough and physical. And I think they have four guys in, you know, we all know who they are, that Kemba, Hayward, uh, Tatum, and Brown, all of them. And the weak link is, is Hayward. He, you know, the white boy's the weak link. The rest of them can all absolutely pour it on. I mean, Kemba and Tatum and Brown are the stars of that team. Hayward is now the, he's like, he's like the fourth or fifth option. You know, 
I don't mind Hayward's game. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's not good. He's he's averaging 17. So last year he was 10 a- after all the injuries. Now he's, you know, remember he broke his like wrist or something, and then he had already blown out his Achilles. So the guy had, um, what, what was it, Mavi, an Achilles or was it a knee that he blew out? Didn't he break his leg? He broke his leg. Yeah, he broke his leg. Remember he broke his tibia. That's what it was. His leg was broken. So anyway, he came back. He was he was rough. He was about 10 a game last year. This year, he's been really good and he's been good in the bubble and he's been filling it up. So don't don't uh, I'm not disrespecting his game. I'm just telling you, the other three are, are way better scorers than him They're You know, the other guys are all 20 a game, guys. Jalen Brown has become a rock star. Tatum's an isolation rock star in his own right. He's a superstar now in isolation. One on one. There really is now no one that can guard him in the NBA. Tatum can score at will from outside and inside on anyone in the league. There's no one that can stop him. And then Kemba Walker's so fast, he's like a mosquito. The guy can score from anywhere, and he's 20 a game when he wants to. If the guy wants to play hard, he'll drop 20 in your face before you can spit. So I really like that team. And I, you know, I think they were going into it. I actually thought they were a matchup problem for the heat. I really did because, uh, you know, Olenek, Adebayo, Crowder, Nunn, and Robinson. Now, look, I like Robinson. He can shoot. Uh, Nunn's had a great rookie year. I won't deny it. Crowder's an old veteran, but I'm not worried about him because I think Crowder's very physical, like a uh, Montrez Harrell type player. I think he's really good, but he can't stop any of those three guys. You know, Crowder can shoot. He can score. He can defend, but he can't stop those fast guys. Can't stop any of them. He can stop Hayward. So Adebayo is a monster down in the block. And Olenek has turned into a hell of a player. 15, 6, and 8 dimes. He led him in dimes in that game tonight. So I, I didn't respect Olenek enough in the matchups to uh, bet on the heat. And that's, I think, why I got burned. Because uh, And the other guy, obviously, and he got hurt tonight, rolled his ankle, his uh, right, right ankle. It was uh, Dragic. Dragic had 25 the night before, 20 tonight, 23 and three, 20 points, three boards, three dimes. Goran Dragic is a mother for other. That guy, I mean, I think Dragic, uh, in my opinion, he's as good as Hayward. I think Dragic does so much for the Heat. It's not even funny. He's clutch as hell. And Iggy had a big uh, three, two big threes, or, or he had one big three in the corner, six points. But he had eight rebounds and four dimes. Iggy's job, rebound, pass, hit a three. He had 1,003. So um, we're going to keep talking about the NBA on a bit. So anyway, for all on the bench, uh, yeah, Tatum had 23, Hayward had 15, 7, and 3, Tice had 11, Walker had 15 and 4 dimes, Jalen Brown had 18 and 10, and Cantor had 10. How in God's name do you shoot 43% and have six guys in double figures and lose? 
Well, it's because, and the other team didn't shoot any better. They shot 44%. But I think the key to the game was the difference uh, was that Adebayo, Robinson, and Drogic were all, you know, in the 20s. And then Hero had 11, 3 and 3. Olenek had the 15, 6 and 8. Crowder had 8. Nunn had 4. Uh, Jones Jr. had six, Iggy six. They had every guy, literally every guy in their uh, lineup, every guy that played, not one guy didn't score. You understand? So, you know, the guys, like Smart did nothing in the game. He was 0 for 5, three points. Wanamaker had eight. And then... um, you know, nobody did anything besides their uh, starters. They were all in double figures and they fought, but they were actually, in my opinion, uh, I don't think they ever led one minute of that game. They were down the entire game. I think the closest they ever got was three or four. And I, you know, I think the closest in the first half was four. And then the closest in the game was four. And it might have, it might have, maybe if I, if I look at it, uh, in terms of, let me just look in the second half. I, I just want to look in the second half really quick because I, I need to see for myself because I don't think they got, here they are at five. Uh, here they are at three. Three, I guess. There's three. They, they got within three a few times. And then it started getting bigger and bigger and bigger. And then I'm looking at it now. And let's see. I know late in the game, all right, now that's the third quarter. They got within three and a third. And then in the fourth, um, it, it just was never, uh, it really, it never, you know, materialized for him. Here they are within six, and, and that was it, the closest they ever got. So uh, they never got back in the game. They were never, they never had a lead. They never uh, really, they looked like the entire night when I was watching the game that they were going to lose the game. So I was surprised, uh, to be honest with you. And I just feel like I still think Boston is a a tough team. I do. I think they are uh, tough. I do believe uh, I do believe in the heat. I just didn't buy the heat tonight in that they played yesterday and that they were. um, You know, it's funny, unless I'm mistaken, like, right, I got to I got to get this right. So the heat played on Monday, then they played again. The Celtics were actually the ones that were off. So you would have thought that they, you know, they had rest, that they would have been the team that had the legs in the fourth quarter uh, and in the second half and fourth quarter to finish off the heat and come back, get that game, get a lead and finish them off, steal it from them, right? Now, tomorrow, they have to play the Nets. So tomorrow night, they're playing the Nets in the late game, which starts at... uh, 9 Eastern tomorrow on Wednesday night. Now, look, I have to go back and talk about the Nets because that was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen today was that they beat the Bucks, And I mean to tell you, they had no Allen, no Harris, no Levert, and they played literally with a hack lineup all day. And it was the most unbelievable thing I've ever seen, uh, you know, Karuks, uh, Temple, 
Johnson, uh, Tyler Johnson, who they got. Remember, he used to play for the Heat. Lance Thomas. I mean, their their lineup, it, it, it was so unbelievable. Uh, Musa, Anderson, Crawford. Crawford got injured. His hammy pulled up. Martin, Chuiza, Hall. Hall got into it with uh, Giannis, shoved him to the ground. Then Giannis got up like he was going to beat him up. And then he never played again. He, he never played in the second half. And neither did Middleton. Now, here's the deal. He had 16. Middleton had eight. Then they stopped playing. They both played 16 minutes in the game. So, obviously, um, the Bucks will never admit that they threw the game. Because, you know, you realize if they win the game, they're the number one seed in the East. If they would have won the game, they would have been uh, clinched the number one seed. And instead, they they ran out there with, um, you know, uh, Lopez, Robin Lopez. So, you know, Brooks Lopez never played. They had Hill playing, Bledsoe playing, Ilyasova. Williams, Wilson, Mason, Korber, Connaughton played his first game, Brown, and uh, DiVincenzo. That's who played in the game. So the bottom line is their whole team played except for uh, Brooks Lopez, Giannis, and um, Middleton. They, I mean, Giannis Middleton played 16 minutes and then sat for the rest of the game. But here's the deal. They were favored by 17 and a half, 18, and it went all the way to 18 and a half. Everyone that bet on them got torched, including me. Uh, I cannot believe that they are willing to throw games. I mean, that, it was, that was the most embarrassing lineup I have ever seen in my life in an NBA game today with the Nets. A bunch of hacks and no names. Let's face it. I mean, I'm not even making this stuff up. That was the biggest hack lineup I think I've ever seen. I've seen better college basketball teams. Meanwhile, they kicked their ass up and down the entire game. I mean, the entire game, they kicked their ass. I mean, it it was absolutely unbelievable. I couldn't even believe what uh, what I was seeing. Um, they played their ass off. You got to give them credit. Look, at the end of the uh, what was it? The end of the first, they were up forty to thirty-four. At the end of the second, they were up seventy-three sixty-five. At the end of the third, they were up ninety-four eighty-eight, and then they won the game one nineteen one sixteen. They never they they led after every quarter and won the game. They beat the Bucks' ass. And they were 18 and a half point dogs. No respect at all. With a hack trash lineup of no names and misfits. But that's just all there is to it. Jacques Vaughn put out anything he could. And you know what they did? They played their ass off. They hustled. They played D. They ran and I mean, they ran the Bucks out of the gym. They ran up and down in transition and absolutely greased them like lightning. And it was it was unbelievable. I watched the whole game, and I was just sitting there going, "This team will not win anything. The Bucks are winning nothing, in my opinion." Now I could be wrong. 
I just got dog leashed. Did you see that? I just got dog leashed. I don't, I don't know what happened. I, I hit it or something and it yanked my brain out of my skull, the earpiece. Anyway, um, I actually, what I saw today was a team that's just overrated. They're just overrated. And, they're, and I just do not buy them. I, I'm not buying them. I, I don't believe. Now, I guess if you play Giannis for the entire game, 40 plus minutes, you know, of, of the 48 minutes, if you play him 40 minutes and then overtime, whatever it takes, then I guess maybe uh, they can beat anybody. But I know this, if you shut him down, if you hold him under, let's say, 20, because he constantly has 35, 40 points, if you keep him to 20, I believe you can beat the Bucks. frankly, easily. I don't believe for one minute in the Brooks uh, and Robin Lopez experiment. I just don't. I, I think they're both. Uh, you know, I know they I've said this on the air. I know they hit threes once in a while. I don't think they're consistent. I think they're they can hit them. They can have a big game and they can have a good night. And I've seen them do it. I've seen them have big nights. I mean, they're both seven footers. I mean, at some point you have to, you know, get the rock down low when you're that big and finish and dunk and uh, swat shots and do everything. Right. But honestly, what I saw from first of all, Robin Lopez, the hack, he's a fouling machine. He fouled out of the game. He's terrible. He's terrible. And. I'm not afraid of Pat Connaughton. And I'm really not afraid of Bledsoe either, to be honest with you. DiVincenzo, like, are you really afraid of that guy in the NBA, in the playoffs? Because uh, I think, and I said this on Coast to Coast the other day and on For All Events, the Raptors are going to beat him easily. I think the Raptors are better than the Bucs, hands down. I don't care. Go tell everyone. Quote me on it. Your mother. I don't care who you tell. Your sister. I don't, like... You cannot watch them and tell me that you're scared of them, <laughs> that they're going to win it all. Now, maybe they will. God bless them if they do. Uh, they, you know, they should, I guess, win it all. That's what everyone thinks. Everyone thinks the Bucks are the best team in the NBA. They're not. Mafia, do you really believe the Bucks are the best team in the NBA? Have you watched them play? Have you really watched them even down in Orlando in the bubble? I mean, they've done absolutely nothing. They, I mean, they look average at best. I mean, I think the Heat can beat them. I think the Celtics can give them problems. I know the Raptors can beat them. I'm not even thinking. Did they not beat them last year? They, they won the NBA championship. So no one respects the Raptors at all without Kawhi Leonard. Meanwhile, they're better than they were with Kawhi Leonard. I think they're better. I think they're better now. I think Van Vliet's better. I think Lowry's better. In fact, the numbers prove it. The numbers are way better because uh, they now they really play basketball. Now it's not just Kawhi ball. That's what they were last year. Kawhi was the option, and that was all there was to it. Now they actually play team basketball. Mafia, you cannot tell me for one minute that they're not better than the Bucks. No, I won't tell you that. I, I agree with you 100%. I, you know, the Bucks. you said it, they are so reliant on Giannis and then, you know, Milton to a lesser degree, but more on Giannis. You saw it today. I mean, that Nets lineup, that's not a B squad. That's a C and D squad. So even the Bucks' backups and bench players should have been able to beat them if they're that good. But they didn't. And that was embarrassing. And I was beyond pissed off of that game because 
you know, you never saw anything before the game from Budenholzer or anything else about how limiting minutes for Giannis or Middleton in this game. You know, he didn't talk about how this game didn't matter to him and they were going to let everyone else get some time. So betters like us who are jumping on this game, you know, not even before it. I jumped on mid-game when they're down six before the halftime, and I'm thinking, oh, man, this is awesome. I'm getting, you know, minus six and a half instead of minus 18 or 19, and they're going to smoke this team in the second half. But then they don't play their best players at all the second half, and they lose to a bunch of scrubs. I mean, it, it really – did that not tell you all you need to know that they're not winning at all? They can't even beat the Nets, like, G League team? I mean, what was that? And I'll tell you another thing. Middleton, to me – now, I know he's capable of having a big game. But I'm telling you, I'm not afraid of that guy at all. In fact, go ahead and shoot Middleton because I think you're average at best. go in the uh, church of pharrell on the uh, live chat now it's up and running uh, we've had uh, some tech issues today mafia pulled it off nice job mafia so it is uh working and we're uh rocking on uh the youtube side so i hope you dig it anyway yeah i'm not buying them i think the bucks are posers and even when they have them even when they have them am i not like i'm not even making this stuff up even when they have them uh, I watched the Rockets beat them. Uh, the small Rockets pushed them around with all their size and all their bigs and their the Lopez twins and Giannis and uh, Middleton and everybody. They had everybody. And the Rockets, the little six-foot Rockets beat them. I'm telling you, man, all these good teams can beat them. That's all there is to it. That's their problem is that everyone thinks they're so great because they play in the NBA and they get in these charts and graphs, power rankings every week on all these websites, ESPN, Bleacher Report, all of them, they just, CBS, power rankings, the bucks. And the deal is, and I have nothing against anyone in, in Wisconsin or Milwaukee. This is just basketball talk. If you don't like it, screw you, okay? I've already been down this road with all these pansy asses up there getting mad because we don't like root for their team. I don't root for your team, your mother's team, anybody's team. Okay. So kiss my ass. How's that sound? But I'm telling you, when they play good teams, they lose. (laughs) That's it. They lose to good teams. I don't think they can beat the Lakers, the Clippers, uh, the Raptors. (laughs) I know that he can beat them. I know the Rockets can beat them. And now, the G League Nets can beat them. I mean, what more do you need to know that today you bent over, got spanked, and called Charlie by the G League New Jersey, Brooklyn, whatever you want to call them Nets. Screw you. <laughs>